Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Jeopardy. Our category today is the NHL, and here is the clue for you. With the third pick in the 2020 NHL draft, the Ottawa Senators choose this player. The correct response, who is Tim Stutzel? Trebek in to make the pick. Tim Stutzla, he is the selection. That is Alex Trebek of Jeopardy making the pick for the Ottawa Senators as they draft Tim Stutzla first overall. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, joined alongside of uh, Charles. What's going on, Charles? I'm good. Uh, watched the draft and I we saw some surprises. We saw some, well, everything in between really. It was a good draft, though. So, yeah, despite all the go into it, despite all the lack of trades. So, uh, we're gonna cut to the chase. We're not gonna waste any time here. So, Chicago Blackhawks pick uh, Lucas Reichel, seventeenth overall. What were your first thoughts on that pick? Uh, I had him as one of the players that I thought Bowman was gonna take. I think I had him and Maverick Borg as like I was like, all right, I could see Bowman taking him because we know with Bowman, he normally takes players. He'll he'll reach on a player if he sees enough upside. He's done that before, and like I saw enough potential in Reichel, I was like, I'd reach for him. If I think I thought it was a good pick personally. And I also want to get your thoughts on the Panthers drafting uh, Anton Liddell twelfth overall because I know you're a Panthers fan as well. Um, I love it. It's a great pick. Um, they needed a they need to have a second line center. Like you can never have a, not enough centers in terms of prospects. I think Lindell having that two way ability really young. If he could develop more, like his offensive game is not as bad. I feel like as a lot of people think it is. He's a good offensive player. He's obviously not going to like have insane offensive numbers in the NHL. But 
I could see him having 60-point seasons. His two-way play is great, which is, I think, what the Panthers needed, another two-way center. Because eventually they could have Barkov and Lundell as their one-two. And I'm like, I was thinking, like, this would be an excellent one-two center. Like, you have one of the better two-way centers up, like, the better, like, middle-line middle, middle line centers. You'd have great two-way play. I thought it was a great pick, personally, because... I'm happy they have Bill Zito as a GM and not Dale Town because if Dale Town was there, he probably would have took Braden Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they uh, got such a good pick with Anton Lindell. You know, Coach Q is going to love uh, having Barkoff and Lindell as his uh, two top two centers potentially a few years down the line. And uh, back to the Blackhawks picking Lucas Reichel, there were some people that were definitely shocked by this. Uh, in our group chat that we have on uh, Twitter, everyone was like, please, Mercer, please, Mercer, because... Uh, I was on the Reichel train. I wanted Bork or Reichel. Yeah, um, but everyone in the chat's like, please, Mercer, please, Mercer, because that was kind of the name that the Blackhawks were linked to, and it was available for them. But, uh, yeah, the Blackhawks usually never pick who you think they're going to pick, and they go uh, Lucas Reichel, and uh, uh, not everyone agreed with it. Um, I was kind of like, eh, not the first player on my board but I'm uh, mm-hmm. or that I would have gone with, but I'm very okay with it. But then you read into it, you looked at some of the advanced stats that he put up in uh, Germany for the few games that he tracked. I mean, it's incredible. Um he got in. He had, there's so many high danger chances that he generates. He's very good at getting the puck through at neutral zone and into the offensive zone, and just all those advanced stats that just really made me think. Okay, maybe he's not going to be a first line stud winger, but if you put him with a player, a player like Kirby Dock, um, I think they can wreak a lot of havoc, get the puck to the front of the net, which is something they uh. Blackhawks desperately need. So I'm okay with that. And just also a neat story. Um, the second of uh, three German players that will go, J.J. Paterka hasn't gone yet, but we'll get into that, to that later. Um, so, of course, we already mentioned Tim Strutzla went to third overall to Ottawa, and now Lucas Reichel to 17th to uh, Chicago, which is uh, great for the com- uh, country of Germany. Obviously, you got Leon Dreisaitl, though, in third overall in uh, 2014, and you had Moritz Seider, who went sixth overall in uh, 2019, and now you got Strutzla and uh, Reichel. That's awesome for them, and it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm recording this at 10 o'clock my time, and I believe it's 6 a.m. and we're in Germany right now. And when the pick was made, I think it was about uh, four o'clock or something like that. It's just crazy that he was up for that. Just a awesome story. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the last pick that was made in the the first round when uh, San Jose took Ozzy Weisblatt, um, his mother was actually deaf. So uh, I think the Doug Wilson Jr the son of Doug Wilson, he uh, made the pick in sign language, and that was just so awesome to see. I don't know if you saw that or not. but uh, Yeah, I saw it. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, not a ton of uh, trade action. Maybe we'll see some of that tomorrow. But, uh, yeah. Um, so what do you think about What would you grade uh, this first round? I know it's only one player, but what would you uh, grade the Blackhawks pick, at least right now at this moment? I would give it about maybe a B plus, maybe. It was. I thought it was a good pick. I know a lot of people, like people, someone was arguing with me on Twitter, like, well, the rankings aren't good, and I was, I'm like, well, Braden Point was a third rounder. Yeah. I, I came back with like, well, Braden Point was a third rounder, and I'm like, if the rankings mattered so much, he wouldn't have, he should have been a first rounder if he's that good. These are the same people who like complained about the Doc pick for like two months. Like, okay, originally I didn't like the pick, but I after a few either. days. Okay, sure. It was a good. I liked the pick a few days later. 
there were still people who wanted Bowman fired because of the pick. And I'm like, you can't change it. You just, I saw Doc's highlights, and I saw him playing the AHL, and I was, like, sold immediately. So, like, it's not about the rankings. It's who you think has the most potential and has most upside. Which, as bad as Bowman's been in recent years, the one thing he's still good at is drafting players. I think a lot of that has to do with Mark Kelly, though. I always yeah, I agree, too. I'm players. just saying, like, yeah. I agree with you there. Just, like, Bowman has a good... It, but Bowman and the Hawks, in general, are good at getting prospects with high ceilings and reaching on guys like that. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I have to agree with you on that. B+, plus, it's not like they got a guy like, uh, say, Lundell or Jarvis or even Escar for that matter to drop them for them. But uh, I do like the Lucas Reichel pick. I don't think, again, like I mentioned, I don't think he's going to be this first-line stud that goes point per game, but I think he's going to be very much an effective top six winger that can drive play, play competitive, get the puck into the zone, and generate a lot of chances, which is what the Blackhawks need. They do have a ton. Of, the Blackhawks do have a t- lot of t- high-end talent, talent, of course, with Kirby Doc, Alex Debrinkit, Patrick Kane still, even Dominic Kubalik, but you kind of need those middle-of-the-line guys that you can kind of slide up and down your lineup and, again, just play that uh, puck possession kind of game. And if Blackhawks fans are looking for a bit of a comparison, I think there is quite a bit of uh, Brandon Saad to his game, as much as I don't like uh, throwing comparisons around. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I like the um, Like, to player comparisons, I still can't get over how, like, they compare Alexi Lafreniere to Miko Rantanen and then compared Cole Perfetti to Artemi Panera and I'm like, uh, are you, I don't... <laughs> you compared the best player in this draft to a complimentary winger to McKinnon and then Perfetti to Panera and I just I it didn't was a see hard the comparison. Candidate. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't see it. Like Speaking... he's not a one player comparison. He's like multiple, I feel like with Lafreniere. Uh, yeah, speaking of Cole Perfetti, let's get into uh, the rest of the draft. So, um, of course, uh, we already mentioned uh, Tim Stutzel went third overall, but uh, Lafreniere went first to New York Rangers, no surprise. Quinn Byfield went to L.A., which is kind of interesting because there was some de- debate whether they go with Stutzel, but I think they made the high the right pick, and uh, Quinn Byfield is the highest uh, black hockey player to ever go in the draft, which congratulations to him. That's awesome. He's going to be a stud. Very well could be the best player in this draft, so I think great pick for L.A. Um Great pick for Ottawa. They're number three, Tim Stutzler. They were either going to get one of uh, Byfield or Stutzler, and they got the uh, latter there. Um, number four, Lucas Raymond. Again, just great pick for Detroit. I think everything has gone how it should, should have gone. But uh, number five is where it's interesting. Ottawa takes uh, Jake Sanderson. I definitely think they should have gone uh, Jamie Drysdale. Hell, they could have even gone uh, their local boy, Marco Rossi. But uh, Dorian thinks uh, Jake Sanderson's the best defenseman in this draft. So, uh yeah, they pick up number five overall. Number six, uh, Jamie Drysdale goes to Anaheim, which uh, that's great for them. Um, <laughs> I think Drysdale is better than Sanderson, so great pick for them there. Um, number seven, Alexander Holtz goes to uh, the New Jersey Devils. Great pick for them. Could play with Hughes, and I think their styles of play could complement each other. And uh, Number eight, Jack Quinn to the Buffalo Sabres. I don't understand that. Why would Buffalo take him that high? But that was yeah, just but... a big Buffalo Buffalo fail. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm not even a Buffalo fan. I really don't even like the Buffalo Sabres. I'm like, you had Cole Perfetti and Marco Rossi, like, hand-gifted to you, and you just took Jack Quinn over them. 
Jack Quinn got good this year. Like, I don't get how you pass on Perfetti and Rossi. This is, like, one of the more Buffalo Sabres moves I've seen in a while. I just did not get it at all. The fact that uh, Jack Quinn went before Marco Rossi is just uh, the most 2020 thing ever. And uh, congrats, yeah. congrats to Minnesota and uh, Winnipeg for getting those players. Even though they're Central Division rivals, at least it's not uh, Nashville or St. Louis that's getting them, so... I'm okay with that. Honestly. Man, I can already picture Minnesota with Kaprasov and Rossi. Oh man, and Fiala be, as well. Yeah, and Fiala. That is going to not be fun defending that when the Hawks play. Yeah. Um, again, just Minnesota, Winnipeg, two with the biggest deals of the draft, and uh, Cole Perfetti just gets added to that crazy offensive core in uh, Winnipeg that they already have with guys like Shifley, Line A, who might get traded. We'll get to that in a bit as well. Um, and Connor and uh, Ellers and just all those players. And apparently Brian Little is not going to be playing again. It looks like he's going for retirement. So maybe uh, Cole Perfetti could slot in as that second-line center. Not this year, but uh, down the line. So awesome pick for uh, Winnipeg. Um this is the pick that uh, crushed uh, Blackhawks fans' uh, souls here. Number 11, Yaroslav Iskarov going to the Nashville Predators, which is kind of interesting because, yes, Pekka Rene, I think, turns 38 in November, but uh, they have UC Saros, who's still relatively young. They have uh, Connor Ingram in the system, so that's an interesting pick. And, yeah, we are... For Nashville, I was like, I understand Askarov is the best goalie in this draft, and, like, People compare him to Spencer Knight. I mean, not Spencer Knight, to Carey Price. As Spencer Knight was compared to Carey Price last year. It's like, I just thought it was funny. I'm like, they, they've compared both goalies back-to-back years to Spencer, to Carey Price. But, uh, but Nashville needed to get a forward, I thought. I just feel like they really missed on getting a forward, which they need homegrown talent because most of their team is brought from other, most of their, Guys on their roster are been traded from other teams or free agent signings. Yeah, I believe I brought that up on the last podcast when we were doing the mock draft. The Ryan Johansson drafted by Columbus. Uh, Kyle Tursch not drafted by Nashville. I forget where. I think Arizona drafted him back in the day when they were still Phoenix. Uh, Matt Duchesne drafted by Colorado, not uh, drafted by Nashville. Philip Forsberg drafted by Washington, not drafted by Nashville. All their top players, all the money that they're investing into these top players none of them are homegrown and i really thought they would have gone someone like uh, seth jarvis but uh hey i mean i mean i can't blame them. the upside on Eskarov is just absurd and he's already off to a great start and the khl is an 18 year old goalie so he could like probably play nhl within a year or two and he, he won't but he could he'll probably be at least two or three years away from playing nhl hockey can't forget I forget what his contract situation like is uh so that's interesting. But uh number thirteen, Seth Jarvis for Carolina. Again, just a tremendous pick, tons of upside, and Carolina can give him the time he needs because they just already have an amazing team as it is. So uh the Panthers pick was right before that. Would you rather had Lundell or Jarvis? Um personally, I as much as I really like Seth Jarvis, I think Lundell is more of what the Panthers needed in terms of center. Oh, I just think Lindell was just a can't-miss player. As good as Jarvis is, you know Lindell is going to be a top-six player because of his two-way ability. And I just thought it made the most... It just seemed like too good of a fit. I I would have only taken Seth Jarvis if Lindell was taken. That was how I looked at the draft. Oh, okay. 
Um, 14, Dylan Holloway, who was one of the players that was heavily linked to the Blackhawks as potential pick at 17, goes to the Edmonton Oilers. Um, thing with Holloway, I don't think he has the highest offensive upside. I think he is a good bet to make the NHL, but at the same time, if you're going to be playing with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, those numbers that he puts up at the next level are going to be boosted, so I think that's a good pick. They just need competent wingers to play alongside of McDavid and Dreisaitl, and uh, that's exactly what to they got. To be fair, they mainly picked him because of speed, like his skating ability. Yeah, and he's an Alberta boy as well, so that doesn't hurt. Number 15, this was kind of another uh, crushing moment for us Blackhawks fans. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs picking Rodian and Amir off, which, again, it sucks. I really wanted the Blackhawks. I did, for- too. But uh, incredible pick for the Maple Leafs there. Um, number 16. Yeah. Number 16, the Montreal picked King Gooley. I can't remember who it was, but a Montreal uh, a reporter, I think, or something like that. He said King Gooley is going to Montreal at 16. I'm like, there's no way it's possible. Then I see... Uh, oh, man. I... Montreal's taking all the elves today. They have so many uh, left-handed defensemen on their side now. They got... Uh... Oh, man, they have... Freaking, like, they signed Edmondson to that contract. Now they got Gooley. They got a lot of uh, defensemen on the left side. I'm, I'm blanking out as to who else do they have, but I know they got a lot of uh, options on the left side. But uh, I personally want to take in Gooley that high, but you know what? If uh, Gooley pans out, either. it could be a nice second-pairing defenseman, I guess. But, uh, yeah. I just, to me, like, what Montreal need, like you said, they had enough left-handed defensemen. I was just, it made no sense to me. To be fair, I totally thought they were going to take Maverick Bork or Lapierre. I was like, I was going on the Bergevin theory of taking a French Canadian because that seems like that's the main philosophy when it comes to getting players. <laughs> yeah, and, and Dawson Mercer, we already talked about Lucas Reichel, and Dawson Mercer went to 18 for New Jersey, which is another great pick. They need more winger support for Heischer and Hughes. I think he could fit alongside of uh, Heischer, kind of being a good, uh, solid all-around winger. And uh, number 19, New York Rangers trade up uh, to select Braden Schneider, which uh, not that bad of a pick, of course. You just got a plethora of forwards. You obviously just drafted Lafreniere, so why not add a right-hand shot defenseman, I guess. But uh, here's where things get interesting. Number 20, New Jersey, New Jersey back on the board again. I barely know how to say this name. Shakir Makamadalin, I think that's how you say it. <laughs> they pick him at number 20, and here's the uh, real WTF moment. Yigur Chinikov, I believe that's how you say it. Uh, Columbus picks him at number 20. Yeah, what? I saw that, and I had the draft site's website was, like, broke for a few minutes because I was trying to go to a mo- their mock draft, and it, I couldn't go on. It was, like, broke from everyone trying to look at those two picks. <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. <laughs> This is definitely there's definitely gonna take at least a few years to see how these picks pan out, especially Chanikov because I think he's an overager and he was playing, he's playing in the KHL right now and I believe I saw something that said he had five goals in his last five games, which is uh, good for him. But uh, geez, at number twenty one with all the talent left, oh man, I I don't know about that one. Big reach. Yeah, definitely. I feel like he would have been available in the second round, even though or third, third round, or fourth round, yeah. or fifth, or sixth. Like he would have been available. I just don't get it. And another thing is, uh, I saw another tweet. They he was he was a top ten player on their board. And it reminds me last year when uh, Arizona took Victor Soderstrom, and then they said 
yeah, he's number three on our board. And I don't know if they're saying that just to say that to kind of pump his tires or if that's actually the case. But uh, either way, that's interesting. I mean, I like Soderstrom, though. I didn't think it was that bad of a pick. I I was more high on him than Broberg last year. So I was oh, just, it was one of the I like the pick. This was a totally different thing entirely. This was just like, <laughs> I, I don't know that's what crazy. Columbus was doing. Like, I, I really don't. <laughs> Honestly, but if I'm playing devil's advocate here, looking optimistically, if there's one GM that has the brass balls to pull it off, it's Yarmo Kikalainen and uh, or Iserman. Yeah, Iserman or Kikalainen. Like those are the two GMs where I think, yeah, damn, these guys are ballsy GMs and they can make get away with those kind of picks. And I mean, if a Chinikov pans out, then uh, geez. Awesome pick, but at the moment, I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. My favorite yeah. moment was, like, the feed on Sportsnet, where everyone was like... <laughs> they um, were speechless. That was, it was Everyone was like, uh, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> you could tell everyone was, like, going through their notes, like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, man. Um, number 22. Like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, number 22, Washington moves up again. Calgary moves back again, and they pick up Hendricks Lapierre from Shakutami. Uh, great pick for Washington. Um, they need more offensive support behind guys like Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov. They picked Connor McMichael last year, who looks like a home run of a pick, and this could also be a home run pick of a home run of a pick if a Hendricks lap here can uh, sort all his injury problems out because there's a ton of skill there. I believe he already has five points in two KMJHL games, which good for him. I really hope that he uh, gets past the injuries and becomes a great player. Great pick for Washington. Um, Philadelphia, number 23, picking Tyson Forrester. Uh, number 24, I think this is a great pick for Calgary. Good value here. Connor Zari. This is they and this is after they moved back and uh, got more draft picks. So I think Calgary did a great job in terms of uh, acquiring assets, but also trading back and just getting the best player available. Uh, Colorado picking Justin Barron. I don't know about that one. Um, yeah, that was a reach because of his injury. I just would if he wasn't hurt. I just don't know what is upside, man. That just doesn't really seem like a Colorado pick to me. But uh, hey, the thing about Justin Barron is he's six foot two, Canadian defenseman, right hand shot from Halifax. So if they're looking to get a trade for a right now player, that's certainly a player they could they could use. Um, St. Louis Blues picking Jake Neighbors, who I'm actually familiar with because he played with the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, got to see a few games of him. Um, he kind of fits into uh, their game. He plays a more old fashioned, physical kind of game. Uh, I love Jake Neighbors. It sucks to see him in St. Louis, but also at the same time, it's nice to see him uh, get it go in the first round. And uh, yeah, number twenty-seven. I think this is a great pick for Anaheim. Um, they got Drysdale at number six, and uh, now you got uh, someone to play with Trevor Zegers, who I think their styles will mesh together. Jacob Perot. Um number twenty-eight. Ottawa picking Ridley Gregg. I don't know if I would have gone for him. Uh, I think there's more players with uh, better upsides, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, 29, good pick for Vegas here, Brendan Brisson. And uh, number 30 here, Maverick Bork to Dallas. I think that was one of the biggest deals. I've been a huge fan of Bork and just a great pick for Dallas. And obviously, we already brought this up, Ozzy Weisblatt. Um, 
going to San Jose and of course just the reaction from his family that was just awesome and uh yeah that's uh, all the picks in the first round uh I want to put you in a bit on the spot here who do you think were the uh, winners of the first round um like winners and just plural I don't like to say one winner Oh no! Just like multiple, you don't have to pick a. Different I thought team. Anaheim did really good in this draft. Okay. I really thought Anaheim did well because they got Perot and Drysdale. Definitely. I just figured like, Perot could have easily gone in the high teens or early twenties, and he fell that far. Like Anaheim got the best defenseman in this draft, and they got a player who has top six potential. Yeah, I was gonna middle. say they got one of the best goal scorers in this draft as well. So awesome draft for them, dude. But the Rangers did good, obviously. Getting Lafreniere, you're going to be a winner in this draft. Braden Schneider is uh, maybe at best top four potential. I mean, he's. I, I don't mind them take getting a right-handed shot, which you can never. It's always good to have those. Yeah, definitely. The Rangers did good as well. Uh, winner, I have the Calgary Flames. I, I think I already brought this up, but um, the fact they were able to trade back twice accumulate all those assets but also get Connor Zari at number 24 is just incredible value plus they'll have all those picks tomorrow so I think uh, Calgary is a huge winner as well like uh, like you said Anaheim I agree with uh and New York Rangers is just automatically the winner by default because um uh they have the first overall pick um oh obviously Minnesota and Winnipeg are the huge winners getting uh Marco Rossi at nine and uh, yeah Perfetti at, at 10 steals of the draft I like, like uh, yeah, definitely the steel. I know Culper Fetty skating kind of scared people off, and he's not the tallest guy, but he should not have fallen to no, 10. No, he should not have. Marco Rossi should not have fallen to 9 either, because I have a, as a top four prospect in my mock draft. I had Culper Fetty at like 6 or 7. The fact that they were almost out of the top 10 is just baffling to me. <laughs> I just cannot fathom that Sanderson and Quinn went ahead of those guys, even Holtz to an extent. Well, to be fair, I think New Jersey was just dead set on, on getting Alexander Holtz. Yeah, definitely. I'm also going to give a W to Dallas Stars getting Maverick Bork just because yeah. I think so highly of Maverick Bork, especially at number 30. Um, you want to do losers now? Uh, who are your losers of the draft? Uh, if I had to pick, it's kind of, I'm trying to think who I pick as a loser. I'm trying to think of a team that did bad in the draft, but I don't. I, I, so far, I'm just going to say Columbus. They took the seventh, they go in the seventh round in the first round. I mean, we'll see if down the road I'm wrong, but at the time, that is an abysmal pick. Like, that is just awful. <laughs> you yeah. took a guy you guaranteed you have had in the second round and beyond. It just makes no sense to me. No. <laughs> um, here's a team, they have three picks. I think the New Jersey Devils come out as losers. Um, Alexander Holtz is not bad at seven, but, man, I was just such a huge fan of Rossi and even Perfetti to an extent yeah. that they could have gone him at number seven. New that would Jersey be better value. Yeah. 18, I like Dawson Merger 18, but uh, number 20, Shakir, Makuma, Doolin, or however the fuck you say it. I just think... I don't get what New Jersey was doing here. I just think they could have got, got better value for the picks, especially the seventh yeah. pick and the twentieth pick. I, I didn't, mind, awesome that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mind that. That's a good Definitely. pick. Um, Colorado and I think Colorado's a loser. I think they could have done more with that pick. Honestly, Justin Barron is just mid. I would uh, 
preferably I would have took a Helgi Granz or Wallander mm. at that spot. That's just me though. I was gonna take Benson. Another pick. Take your boy Emil Andre as well. I would have had considered him up there as well. Yeah, definitely. Another team with three picks. I think the Ottawa Senators coming out of the solution as well. Tim Strutzel is incredible at number three. Don't get me wrong, but Jake Sanderson at five. And then uh, Ridley Gray got a 28. Again, I think they could have gotten better value out of their picks. Think, uh, but this raises the question. Oh, sorry. This raises the question of what do you value most in defensemen? Defensive ability or offensive ability? Because if you look at like Drysdale and Sanderson, Sanderson's a great shutdown defenseman. I don't, I wouldn't I'm not gonna say Drysdale is amazing defensively, but he's definitely competent in his own zone, but he's got great offensive He kinda reminds me a little bit of like Duncan Keith early in his career when like the skating ability was there and like the offense was there. It just it's like I said, it raises the question, do you prefer a defenseman who plays a shutdown style or the offensive style? personally I feel like a guy like Drysdale has more ceiling, but um Definitely. Yeah, like I said, Ottawa could have done better in this draft. Getting Stutzel is a win on its own, but if you divide, you take away everything else, it's just not great. No, I think they could have gotten more uh, upside, and I'm I'm someone who loves to swing for upside. So yeah, I. Funny enough, the two play or the two teams with the three picks, I think, did the worst, which is besides Columbus, dude, because I I still don't know what the hell <laughs> that was. Um, so. That's pretty much it for the day one analysis of things. Uh, we're going to go through uh, day two players that could potentially drop to the Blackhawks. I'm just reading Corey Promen's list, who was pissing a ton of people off because he was tweeting the picks beforehand. But at the same time, you got to give him credit that the fact that he has those inside sources. But uh, here are the top 15 skaters available. Um, so the Blackhawks pick is at 46 and there's 31 picks that have been gone. So at least one of these players will be available at the Blackhawks at pick number 46. So number one, uh, Noel Gundler. Oh, man, if the Blackhawks, if he could drop to the Blackhawks at 46 or even the Blackhawks straight up and get him, that would be incredible. I yeah. think so highly of Gundler. I think he should be on steal. top 15, but a lot of teams didn't uh, think so, which is interesting. Number two, J.J. Paterka, who is the other, uh, the third of the three Germans. I was supposed to go in the third round. It's kind of interesting. I thought he was going to go in the first round, but uh, he didn't. I think that would be a awesome pick if he somehow fell to Chicago at 46. The third one, Sam Colangelo, who uh, I remember when we were talking to Scott Powers, he said that uh, this is someone that they've interviewed quite a few times. So if he gets to 46, I think they're going to take him. Just plus he's on, he plays on the Chicago Steel he has that big body, which Chicago wants. It just makes too much sense for them not to. Um, number four, Jeremy Poirier, which is a very interesting one. He's in one of the arguably the most divisive prospect in the uh, in this draft. Incredible offensive ability, uh, but uh, sometimes he just has brain farts in his own end, and that's putting it uh, nicely. If uh, you guys want a comparison, uh, think Eric Gustafson. Do you, do you want a? Another Gustafson on your team? I don't know, but there's just, again, I think Poirier has way better upside than uh, Gustafson. Marat Kuznadinov did not go, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I remember reading about him and looking at his highlights. He's got great speed. I'm surprised the team didn't take him just solely on that. I feel you could really work on, he could, like, hone in on the rest of his game. I could see him being a top six player, but, like, I think 
A lot of teams were scared off by his size, though. Because he's not a very big player. Really thought uh, Washington was going to go from that. just seems like the most Washington Yeah, that pick. seemed like a Washington pick to me as well. Um, number six, Vasily Panamarov, who I honestly do not know much about, but he was Maverick Borg's teammate in Shawinigan. Great playmaker. Again, don't know much about him. Um, number seven, Emil Andre. This is my boy. Uh, you brought that up earlier. If Emil Andre could drop to 46, which there's a very likely possibility that he will because he's five foot nine, he's a Swedish defenseman. It just seems like all those factors would work against him to at least drop him to number 46 to Chicago. I would love that. Number eight, uh, another guy that we both like, Jan Mishak. That's kind of surprising that he did not go in the first round. Um, yeah, I'm surprised there as well. Yeah. Um, number nine, Thomas Bordalo. Don't know too much about him, but he was the top scorer at the NTDP this season. Um, same with this next guy, Maxim Groshev, who... Played in the KHL, actually had a couple points there. Again, don't know too much about him. But uh, number 11, Daniel Gushin. We're kind of getting to the players that I don't know as much about. But uh, small guy, played in the USHL, a ton of uh, offensive skill, a ton of speed, all that. But just, again, the size. Number 12, Roni Hovron. And this is someone that I've actually been a big fan of. Played uh, in the league of this year. Didn't put up uh, amazing stats. But uh, the fact that he was able to hang there so long just shows to his uh, as a testament to his complete level and his uh, great two-way play. Toby Nimala, who actually had some decent offensive stats uh, in the league of the season as a defenseman, uh, didn't go either right-handed shot, not bad. Uh, number 14, Justin Sordoff. Uh I know Vinny likes this guy just because he played for the Giants. And then number 15, Lucas Cormier, who plays a very solid two-way game. So, uh, um. Is there players that I didn't mention that you'd be interested in drafting, and uh, what are some of the, what were the players on that list that interested you the most at uh, for a pick at uh, for Chicago at number forty six? I would really like if Bishak fell there. I don't oh, think he man. will. I no, feel like a won't. team is gonna eventually. Um, I want to see if they take a defenseman though. I know the Hawks are in terms of defensemen. I mean, it's you could never have too many. I would mean, no. be interested to see if like. Like Helgi Grands will fall. Will fall. I don't think he will. I think some team will take him, but maybe like Emil Andre as well. I would like to see if the Hawks can take him. Oh, I wish. him. All right. Um, we got our one question from Tate, even though he gave us multiple question. Um, who should we pick tomorrow? We kind of answered that, but uh, here's an interesting one: trade predictions. Do you have any uh, trade predictions that'll happen tomorrow? Just anything. Uh, trade, I can think... be break shit. Uh, I think Taylor Hall might get traded tomorrow. At least his rights, yeah. Um, oh, man, I'm trying to think of a trade. There's been rumors of Flurry. I think – I'm just going to throw this out there. I think Flurry gets traded to Chicago, half uh, salary retained with Nicholas Hag, who is a great defensive prospect in the minors. I would not be against this at all. I would take that. All right, I'll, I'll go with that. Um <laughs> Will Jack Quinn break the eighth overall disappointment streak? So here's the thing. I want to look back at all the eight overall picks. So I know Phil Broberg actually went eighth overall last year, which I think he's kind of a disappointment there. But uh, Adam Bogfist went eighth overall in 2018. 2017, uh, Casey Middlestat went eighth overall. So, man, Buffalo has had actually a few eighth overall picks that have not turned out. So that's interesting because Alex Nylander went uh, eighth overall. <laughs> In uh, 
2015, funny enough, uh, Zach Wierenski went eighth overall, so that's interesting. But, uh, yeah, I never – I didn't look into that. Uh, so, Nylander, Middlestat, both eighth overall picks for Buffalo, and then now they got uh, Jack Quinn again. Um, I really do think Quinn will be better than uh, Nylander and uh, Middlestat, but uh, – I don't know, man. I don't think he was uh, worth the eighth overall pick, especially with guys like Rossi, Perfetti, hell, even Lundell there. Uh, I don't know. might take a few years to see what that is. What do you What do you think about that? I like Quinn. I don't think he was a top ten guy, though, in terms of, like, no. he's a great goal scorer, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Owen Tippett because the Panthers took Owen Tippett. The problem with a guy like that is he- not he's a, book. he's a great goal scorer, but I feel like he's not amazing at really anything else. Now, the problem with players like that is it's taken Owen Tippett like three years to make the roster. He'll probably make it this year. So Jack, well, to be fair with Buffalo, he could probably make their team within. He could probably start like I don't know if he'd make the roster day one, but he could easily make it the year after, two years later. Uh. Tate asked about the goaltending situation, which is interesting. Um, apparently, Crawford's going to go out and test free agency. I still think Crawford circles back and uh, comes back to Chicago. But that'll be interesting, man. That's definitely the number one thing to follow uh, over the next uh, few days, especially for the Blackhawks. There's a lot of uh, UFAs on the market, such as uh, someone like Thomas Grice comes to mind. And... Apparently they had interest in Matt Murray, but that fell through, which is might just be a blessing in disguise. And uh, yeah, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Oh, sorry, I was fake phase out. Just repeat that. Oh no, again no real quick. Sorry. Um. So, what do you think about the whole goaltending situation in, in Chicago? Do you think Crawford? Uh, resign, or do you think I hope. Else? I hope he can resign. It's just like. We're in, the Hawks are in a really bad spot because, like, in hindsight, if we wouldn't known Leonard could have got a contract like that, we would have should have just kept Leonard. But we can't change the past. We can only just look at what we have right now. But I mean, it depends. I would not mind Matt Murray if the value, if we don't, if it's like how Jim Rutherford has done trades. It, I would be very interested to see what the asking price would be for him. Because the way he's done some of these trades, I would trade for Murray if it's like not if I don't have to give up a lot. If it's like a draft pick and a random prospect, I'd do it. But I hope they keep Crawford like a one-year deal. Try to like um, see if they can keep him around. It's gonna, it would suck though seeing a guy like Crawford leave. He's been the goalie for I mean how many years now? Like almost a decade. And he's been with the organization for almost eighteen years, years now. Yeah. It would be like it would definitely be a new era for the Blackhawks because it'd be like the first time since two thousand well ten they'd have a different goalie that's not Crawford. Yeah. And it'd be I don't know where they'd go. I don't think they'd go after a free agent though, because the Hawks getting a goalie, I feel like the timeline wouldn't match if they sign a goalie in free agency. Of them being able to compete. Speaking of uh, goaltendings that have spent a long time with their organization, it looks like, uh, and they're leaving, looks like uh, Henry Lundqvist is going to the Washington Capitals, which is the most 2020 thing ever, because just imagining uh, Lundqvist all those years after owning the, the Capitals. Potentially cursed image. Yeah, I was going to say that's a 
100% curse damage. And uh, one thing that I completely forgot about up until now, that Oli Mata for, uh, who was it again? Brad Morrison, something like that. Yeah. I can't even remember his name, to be honest. It doesn't even matter. Was... They got rid of the contract, even though they retained salary to win regardless. Yeah. I mean, good for us. A bunch LA. of people were like, a bunch of people like were like, oh, we didn't get a good enough return. I'm like, this is an addition by subtraction trade. You get better just from trading away, Mata, regardless of the return. Realistically, what were, what were you expecting? Mata had no trade value. No. He had no trade value. The fact they were able to get rid of his contract with only retaining something thousand is great. And it lets guys like Bowden or Mitchell play next year, so I'm all for it. And, like, he only has two years left on his contract, so it's not like they're retaining salary forever. So, yeah, that's a good trade. It's uh, better yeah. than having to buy him out. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. We covered the first day of the draft. I just wanted to pop on and do a quick podcast. Thank you for joining, Charles. Is there anything else you want to add, or do you think we're good to close this out? Uh, I think we're good to close this out. All right, so... We're going to do a podcast on Thursday after the second through uh, seventh rounds are done tomorrow. We'll do we'll uh, go over the picks the Blackhawks made, and then we'll do a free agency uh, preview show, and then we'll probably get another podcast done on Saturday or Sunday for uh, to go over free agency and all that, see if any trades happen. And then next week there is a big line of uh, big guests in store for this show, which I'm really excited about. I'm not going to put out any names yet, but um, you guys are going to love it. It's going to be exciting. So anyone who's listening to this, please share this with friends. I want to, we're almost close to 200 uh, plays on Spotify and I want to hit that at the, by the end of the month. And I think we can do it. And yeah, just share this with friends, like give it a five-star rating, all that to let you know that uh, you're listening to this. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope y'all are staying safe, uh, washing your hands, social distancing, wearing masks and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the Blackhawks can get some uh, good steals tomorrow. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully we can actually see some more trades as well. So, uh, again, thank you, Charles, for coming on. And uh, No problem. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace, y'all. See ya.